I'm pretty bad about that. I forgot last night for a few minutes. Um, so what were some of the like themes that you seen coming out of general conference this last time? But what um, were anyway, what were some of the threads that, that you were able to, to see? Um, you know, uh, kind of right off the bat, there's the missionary work that starts off with with President Nelson. Well, the first like two or three talks. Um, Anyway, just kind of throwing it out to everyone else. What kind of um, patterns and, and themes did you guys uh, see or uh, was kind of called to your attention as you were watching conference? Well, I certainly noticed the, the missionary thing, theme. Mm -hmm. um, especially Saturday morning, seems like that was just, just really telling us to get out there and serve if we can. If we're mm -hmm. able. And um, um, I, I see in the chat that Neil says the same thing that mm -hmm. his missionary work. And also, I've I seen a lot of. Um, comforting words try to help us you know have peace in our life mm -hmm. seemed like there's quite a bit of that too yeah it seemed like a lot of uh speakers were were saying you know it <laughs> it never does get any easier or better where we're gonna have to face a lot of hard things but you know there's uh there's peace and joy in the in uh covenant making and keeping yeah i thought that was very um interesting you know like how precious little president nelson actually spoke and that that's what his words were right out of the gate uh, missionary work and kind of what's on the mind of of the brethren uh, <laughs> uh leading into the next six months how important that's going to be anyway it's kind of interesting there was it seemed like there was a lot about peace mm -hmm. being a peacemaker not having contention um you know, spreading the love of God and being peace, peacemakers and pretty, um, President Nelson was pretty solid and bold about mm. not having, about getting rid of contention in our lives. That was pretty, uh, <laughs> that was pretty strong. Yeah, exactly. He said it twice in, in his talk. He like, we, at the end, you know, and I, and as I said in the beginning, like, <laughs> Yeah, can I say this Please. enough? Yeah, so that was that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, I was surprised how little he did speak. Like, not even none of the first presidents he spoke at the at the Saturday night session. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very interesting. You know, President yeah. Oaks gets up and is just like, "Well, this is uh, kind of what we're doing." You know, <laughs> it's kind of a interesting format or or whatever, and uh, explaining what was happening, and then yeah. I, I was kind of shocked that, that President Nelson didn't speak, or at least uh, one of the, the first presidency. But yeah, I was shocked too. Actually, I was really surprised. But yeah. Yeah. it was good. <laughs> the The talks were good, but I just was surprised. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And okay. Then, wait. What are we surprised about? Because I just got off the phone with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> that that none of the first presidency or the prophet spoke at the Saturday night session. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. no, I, didn't, I thought someone did. No, one of the, um, the uh, who did? It was a member, Renland. it was an apostle. Yeah, Renlin, but it was not. Dallin uh, H. Oaks kind of did an introductory message. Yeah, you're right. And was that weird? He, yeah. It was, like, was kind of weird. It was kind of like a nothing message. It's like, well, we have the right to do what we want to do. So <laughs> don't question us. It was like, what? and he kind of made it like, okay, I have a message for you. And then it was like, that wasn't a mess. Like that was just, it was weird. Mm -hmm. it was yeah. Really, I, it, it was very unorthodox for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, if anything, this first presidency has not been orthodox. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's for sure. Yep. Everything comes as an interesting thing. Um, my mom was watching a, a YouTube video or whatever, and uh, this guy was uh, kind of taking a look at President Nelson's talk and looking at just the, the quantity of talks per conference, how it started off and... Um, what was it wasn't it three four five four three right or no it was or the opposite no, five, I, four, I, three. I can't remember i was thinking that we well, can like, like the number of five four three four five uh-huh yeah and that, the middle one was come follow me Mm -hmm. Anyway, Very, there was a chiastic yeah. structure from conference to conference, um, yeah. kind of looking at the, the number of talks that he's given, and then it kind of just mellows out at, uh, anyway, it, it was just an interesting kind of side note thing that, that popped up. And so um, I was looking at, you know, like the number of talks that he did in this conference, there was three, and every, conf uh, every session I was like, oh, is he going to speak, you know, like, there's, you know, counting the, the time down. Yeah, there's definitely enough time for him to speak. And um, the, the women's session one kind of blew me away. And then um, anyway, just how it kind of played out. Um, I, I kind of had to keep checking myself going, are you just listening to conference for President Nelson? Or are you going to pay attention <laughs> to the other ones? I was like, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm just so excited. He's just my, one of my favorite people. So um it's just kind of interesting uh those three talks and and what a powerhouse um focus he had in his talks um uh, leading us into to the next six months but yeah so like speaking of, of women's conference while we're there like what were your expectations going into women's conference? Why do you think we had the, the women's conference and, and why the speakers that were selected? What, what, were, what were some of your favorite themes and, and talks coming out of there? I know uh, Susan Porter's was like uh, one of my favorites, you know, those three uh, light leaven and <laughs> sudden I'm spacing it. Anyway, salt, salt. Oh. light leaven and salt, like the, the three simple things that uh, bring about uh, uh, huge things yeah, out of the small and simple uh, proceed of the day. Well, I, I guess I was kind of, I mean, they've used the women's session in recent years to make pretty big announcements. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was kind of thinking there would be something like that. But I mean, I don't know if I was expecting so much, just kind of wondering if that would happen again. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, especially where they. Happen hadn't announced that they weren't a new and then uh, brought it back all of a sudden it's like oh well they must have an announcement or something <laughs> yeah exactly that's kind of where i was going to, or i yeah. thought there would be a special focus for the women i, I kind of mm. 
I kind of felt like um, he was, we were going to be called, called out more about what our duties are spiritually, you know, kind of like how President Eyring talked about, you know, Zion and the women in that conference mm. about Zion, how, who was it? Was it Sister Beck? I can't remember who it was that said, um, you know, we need more women that are, and she went and listed all these things. President Nelson having talked about, if we lose the moral rectitude of women, we lose the world. And I felt like he was, I felt like the reason they were having a women's session was maybe to kind of focus us in a little more again, but maybe they feel like mm. they tried focusing us enough. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, the session got done and I was like, okay, what was that for? It was, it was kind of like, that was, I don't want to say it was a letdown, but it was like, I'm, I don't understand mm -hmm. Yeah. what, what the point yeah. of it was. And it's interesting when things have happened like that in the past for me, like there was one of the general conferences where I was just like, kind of after the whole thing, I was like, huh, interesting. I didn't get it. <laughs> it kind of went over my head or, or something anyway. And then going back afterwards and, and really pouring over the stuff, then it started connecting and clicking and, and seeing some of the uh, things, but in the moment, I, I surely didn't get it. And um, I kind of feel like that's where the women's session is at for me um, from, from this one. It's like, huh? I mean, yes, there was a, a few really good points and stuff. And then now it, it's time for me to really dive in and, and kind of analyze the, the talks and, and find the footnotes and, and things. Um, you know, with, with Sister Bingham's talk and, and her video message there, um, Porter, and wasn't it Craven that, that spoke? She gives the best talks and it seems mm -hmm. like she speaks almost every general conference. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Like she speaks pretty often, it seems. Yeah, she does. She was the one that gave the talk. What was it? Um, happiness, five dollars or something, whatever that was. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think she's she gives really good talks. Okay, can I can I just kind of share something that? Yeah. I so one of I was awakened one morning in 2013, early 2014. I was going through a, a difficult time. And I was awakened in the morning, like ready to get up. So not like two or three in the morning, rehearsing Proverbs three, five through six. Like it, I wasn't doing it. It was like, it just woke me up hearing the words. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I'm awakened by hymns. So um, someone wrote me, I had posted something and she messaged me and wanted to know, asked me more about what I had posted. And um, um, I wanted to share with her Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, which I'm looking up right now. So if you want to just open up Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, we'll just kind of go through it a little bit. And it was because I knew it had been in um, conference but I didn't remember who said it. And now here I am looking at Sister Craven's talk and there it is. So I shared with her Proverbs three, five through six and I got done writing what I was gonna write her. And I just scrolled down my phone a little bit and I saw um, she is more precious than rubies in verse 15. And I was like, she who? So I scrolled up to verse 13 
Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. Do we know what wisdom is? Yeah. And the man that getteth understanding. So I'm thinking, okay, wisdom is feminine, heavenly mother, understanding is gotta be masculine, right? Heavenly father. Mm -hmm. They're kind of op opposites, the same, but opposites, like the same, like different sides of a coin. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared to her. And I'm like, wow, now we're learning like a nature, right? Qualities. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Get this. She is a tree of life. To them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom, feminine, hath found the earth by understanding, masculine, hath established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. And then the next, now we start a new paragraph in verse 21. And it says, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. And then there's all these blessings that finish up in verse 26. So when you say you dive a little deeper, it wasn't something that I was, I was kind of led to it. I wasn't diving deeper on purpose, but I was kind of led to this. And it was like, this is really cool. Like, you know, it made me think of Nephi's um, vision and wanting to see the tree of life and everything his dad had seen and then being taken on the journey with his guide angel um and do you know the meaning of the tree of life and then immediately he's taken to mary and christ and we've talked about that recently but i just thought this was really cool because i never would have found this any other way mm -hmm. yeah for sure so which talk did or uh, did it come out of one of these cravens. it's sister cravens right oh. at the very end she said the youth theme for this year is proverbs three five through six and she recited it Oh, I remember that I had heard it recited and I wanted to share it with this girl. But then I, like I said, I just scrolled really down. Like, I wonder what else. I don't know why I did that. Yeah. And I stopped on, she is more precious than rubies. And I was like, who? Because now I'm thinking of Abraham's wife because we talked about that, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Is this, I don't think this is the same place. So who is this? And so then when I scrolled up and started reading, you know, we know that, um, Trees and pillars are feminine and mm -hmm. wisdom is kind of a euphemism, right? So I just thought that was, I don't know. I just have been basking in that this week, thinking that was kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's definitely going to change my perspective as I, I'm going into Sister Craven's talk and uh, really uh, looking that over. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, I think yeah, that's really cool. As we, am I on? Yeah. Yes, you are. I think as we go deeper in all of these, we're going to find some real treasures. The, the title of Sister Porter's is Lessons at the Well, mm -hmm. you know, the living water about Christ. I, um, I think we'll find a lot in that talk as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's yeah. interesting because I think, is she the first? Well, in, at least now during this 
you know, maybe the last 30, 40 years, I don't know that she's a widow. That is interesting. Huh? Yeah. I was wondering that same thing because we we've had uh, a couple single sisters that were counselors, but I, I hadn't, uh, I, my question was to, to go and research uh, which ones were for widows or not. Yeah. I don't know if we've had a widow before. And so that was my, you know, you guys know Sasha, my sister, you know, being a widow at 44, you know, there's a lot of women, I think, that are widows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, you know, now we're bringing in another aspect. We have women that haven't been married, um, you know, women of different races. We have women who um, maybe got married later in life, or I don't know if we've had anyone that's divorced, but I don't think we've had a widow before. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very interesting one. I'm going to have to like do like a whole science study just on uh, kind of those um, diversities uh, amongst uh, all of those. Well, and even her little thing, we can turn to the Savior for strength and healing that will enable us to do all we were sent to here to do. I mean, she's definitely one. We all need healing, but hers, mm -hmm. is, you know, to lose a spouse and i think he died pretty suddenly wasn't it it was totally unexpected yeah uh, i was looking up the the story and everything like i i know the name but i i didn't really know their story or, or anything but he was serving a mission over there and then they brought him back to salt lake and then all of a sudden he dies <laughs> yeah he just yeah i remember when it came out and it was like wow um and so that's 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 some heavy healing to do and for her to stand up and testify of that, no matter what our healing is, we can look to her that, okay, she has some heavy healing to do and I can do it if she can do it. Mine may be different, but just as heavy, but it can be done. And so for her to testify of that was really cool. So, so we, we studied a uh, talk of Reina Alberto. Mm -hmm. She's a second counselor. Just so you know, she is divorced. That's right. She is. And she remarried. You're right. I'd forgotten right. that. She talked about it in her talk. Right. And she taught, I thought it was great because she taught that we are the church. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed her talk a lot. Mm -hmm. And of course, President Oaks's talk. That was like totally awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm just looking at, at Raina's talk. Like she has so many footnotes in there. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have to pour through those. I need to go back and look at Elder Oaks. I just remember hearing it and going, man, he likes stepping in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not afraid of the fire, right? You know, you can tell he's going to be the next prophet, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on my next project, and so I'm going back and transcribing a, a few of those talks of his that haven't uh, been word, they're just audio and stuff, and man, some of those early talks in the 70s and 80s are, are pretty amazing. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting to, to kind of see his um, his path, not his evolution, but like his, his path uh, to uh, apostleship. Well, he was like confirming to us that the family proclamation isn't outdated yeah it's I mean, not going to go away <laughs> it isn't going to go away it's doctrine and uh and it's here to stay i hope no matter how much we try to push against that 
Yeah, I loved that too. It was so great. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like just, this is not going to change. No matter how much you might want it to. Yeah. I have some I have some nieces who it feels like every conference they're just waiting for that announcement that, you know, things have changed somehow. And hmm. I just I just wanna tell them it's aren't you hearing? Are you are you not hearing it? But I don't know. They have friends that are struggling, you know, and so they have empathy for these friends, but the doctrine's not going to change. No, it's not going to change. That was one thing, my son. You know, I said there's a lot of things when the first presidency's come out. There's been a few times it's like, wait, what? Okay, I need to rethink the way I think. And mm. I said the one thing that I would have a fundamental problem with is if we would start doing same-sex ceilings. Like I would it's like Jenga and that's at the bottom and the whole thing would crumble. Like I just, that would be really hard for me to understand. So it was nice to hear the restored church's position on the fundamentals frequently provoke, let's see, where was it? No, that wasn't it. It was right up above that. Um, fundamental to us is God's revelation. that exaltation can be attained only through faithfulness to the covenants of an eternal marriage between a man and a woman. And I'm like, okay, good. That's one thing I don't have to worry about. <laughs> like, you know, you just never know. Our prophets surprised us and, you know, but I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't foresee that that would ever change. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, then again, polygamy was probably pulling the rug mm -hmm. out from under people too. And so anyway, but it was nice to hear that that's not one I need to worry about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in her talk, I highlighted a couple of things I really liked. She said the church is a scaffolding mm -hmm. with which we build eternal families. Yeah. The church is its members. And then at the very end of her talk, I thought it was great. Uh, she talked once again about mighty miracles, right? Then she said, my dear friends, let us have faith of a child and rejoice in knowing that even our smallest efforts are making a significant difference in God's kingdom. And sometimes we beat ourselves up because we don't think we're doing enough. Mm -hmm. yeah. Actually, I don't know if we do beat ourselves up. I think that's Satan. <laughs> he does a good job of beating us up enough. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, we listen to it. Yeah, we do. And we let them just keep beating us and beating us. And anyways, I was just talking to my husband and he's kind of down right now and struggling with some things. And he was telling me that he has some friends that are struggling with the same thoughts. And I go, isn't that interesting? Heavenly or Satan's tactics never change. It's always the same. You guys have never talked to each other, but you're all struggling with the same thing and the same thoughts and it's just interesting it's like why do we let him do that because i guess because it's so effective but we let it be effective and um and his tactics just never change they just don't yeah and he's not even trying to hide anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's just out there yeah right out and open which when i said that then the quick thought came in about how we, how through our testimonies we threw him out 
of this, out of the, you know the pre-mortal existence, but how we can throw him out of our life now if we recognize what his tactics are and just go, yeah, no, I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of like was that Moses when um, he had his experience with Heavenly Father or Christ, and then um, Satan came in. And he's like, who are you? You don't have any glory, and he kicked him out. And then I just love it when he says. I just, you know, he went stomping through. I just see him throwing a temper tantrum. It's not fair. Nobody's listening to me, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and how great it would be to be able to throw him out by just not allowing his words to affect us at all and have any, yeah, any um, bearing on our thoughts, our emotions. And we just keep our eye focused on Christ. And in, uh, President Nelson's talk, I don't know that I've ever uh, heard him say, but he talked about casting him out. You know, he actually said that in his, his talk, which, uh, you know, we're to do that. Yeah. I, I, I that love that part. That was, that was so cool. I love that part, darling. I was like, yes, go for it. Like, <laughs> preach it up, baby. I love that part. I know, because like so many people, if you say cast out in any way, shape, or form, they're like, oh, whatever, you know. They like, act like you're weird. They act like yeah. you're psycho. Because I've and told I'm, people that before and they look at me like, you are a psychopath. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, the brethren talk about it. And they're like, no, they don't. And here, I mean, it's the prophet. That's the one that everybody knows and loves and and yes, we can reference this conference. <laughs> he said it out loud yeah. to cast it out. Totally awesome. And yet we learn about it in the temple and we go to the temple, hopefully more do, often but the general conference, but people right? Don't, people don't take it literally. They just look at it like a movie. They don't realize it's like instruction. I know. Really, they don't. At least yeah. a lot of people I know anyway. And it was interesting in President Nelson's talk of that. I mean, yeah, we'll get into all the deep dives of of his talks next week, but like he ties casting out to repentance and and that the two um, go hand in hand. In order to repent, you have to be able to cast the influence out in order to to replace it with good so that you can look properly with an eye single. And so anyway, I thought that that was such an interesting parallel that that he's pulling in there that repentance part of the repentance process is casting uh satan out of your life where is it because i can't do a a control f or command f whatever it is on the churches you know on the app the casting out yeah what footnote is that by that's probably the easiest Um, or under what heading let me see so the heading is called discover the joy of daily repentance and uh footnote number 10 okay there it is yeah i just loved all of president nelson's you know (laughs) we we don't remember oh sorry go ahead oh no i I just mush (laughs) we don't remember talks very often even when we go oh that's a really good talk but there was one there's a just a couple talks i really remember And one was um, a person that was talking about, they'd just been hammered and hammered by Satan and all the negative thoughts and everything. And they said, um, you know, whenever you hear that, that day they were just weighed down and heavy and they, 
heard Satan whispering again in their ear. And he just said, knocking at the door is what he said. And then he said, I just said, you know what? I can't answer this door anymore. Christ, can you answer that door for me? And I just thought that was, yeah. I just thought, you know what? That's right. That's what we need to do is call on the savior more often mm -hmm. and not listen. Like I can't, I can't listen to you anymore. So Christ will take care of it. <laughs> yeah. Where, I mean, something's coming to mind, but I can't remember if it's the conference talk or not, but, um, that uh, once we are married to Christ, that he fights our battles. That comes from President Nelson, didn't it? Um, let's see. Now yes, where was that? That was really recently. Must have been in, I think. You know, and I have to wonder where he just says, cast his influence out of your life, if people will even recognize that as a casting out, right? I know. <laughs> if they don't, then I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, you would think that that would be pretty clear, but yeah no. if people don't want to see it then then they definitely won't yeah yeah i can't remember it i don't know anyway something recently of president nelson um when um when we are married oh no it's isaiah decoded that's what it was from, from last week let me pull that out really quick because it was like so powerful Um, let's see. So she's a virgin daughter of Zion. So Jehovah marries her by an everlasting covenant when Zion repents and returns to him. After that, when the arch tyrant lays siege to her, Jehovah protects her and puts down her enemies. Her covenant relationship or yeah, with Israel's God obliges him to defend her so long as she proves faithful. So finally, when when Zion goes through everything if she can make it to the end and actually marry the savior he is under obligation there there is no breaking of that covenant he has to fight her battles for her and um anyway so like what you were saying like i just can't i can't answer that door anymore christ can you answer that this time you know like can you fight my battle because i i can't i'm i'm not there or you know like i I've had enough. I've, I've done the good fight kind of a thing. And so I, that really honed into me as you were saying that <laughs> I thought for sure it was President Nelson, but, you know, reading so many things over <laughs> where I got confused. But We don't watch movies very often, but we watched this one at the theater and then I had my son download it and um, I had my kids watch it this past weekend. But if you have a chance, it's the retelling of the um, prophet Isaiah, Hosea. Um, oh, which one are you talking about? Uh, amazing love? A redeeming love. Redeeming love? Yes. And it's set in the 1850s and he prays to God for a wife and then goes into town and sees this beautiful woman and this man walking with him. And he says to his friend, wow, her husband must be proud. And he goes, that's not his, her husband. That's their bodyguard. She's the highest paid prostitute. And he goes, well, she'll be my wife. And it's a really beautiful beautiful and talking about him fighting the battles but it was interesting because there became one time when she left him again mm -hmm. um, he wanted to go and um because sometimes we feel like i don't know i'm just going to tell you this so uh the lord wouldn't let him go and she 
had come to this point where she realized she started doing something different and started doing good works. And her good works was to help other women who were caught in the cycle of prostitution. And she'd open up a school for them. And it was three years that she was there before um, his brother-in-law found her and asked her to come back. And I just thought, you know, sometimes it's really hard and we feel like, why isn't it? It's not fair, Heavenly Father. You're not taking me out of this trial, which the guy's name was Michael Hosea. And, you know, he wanted his wife to come back, but he wasn't allowed to go get her. And sometimes God uses those opportunities for us to bring about great for his greater purposes, right? Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know. But if you get a chance to watch it, it was really, really good. It came out in theaters maybe three months ago. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite movies, like I've, mm -hmm. I've fully left that side of my myself behind, but I have two movies that I don't throw away. I, uh, Amazing Love, which is the story of Hosea. It's done by a Christian group and um, uh, Samwise Gamgee is like one of the main stars in it. Um, and uh, then The Shack. Those are my two movies that uh, they just have so much in them that is so powerful. But the story of Hosea is just like heart wrenching and like so good. Like it is one that <laughs> I mean, I don't think we've ever talked about it in Sunday school, have we? Like, uh, but it is one of the most powerful, most uh, not prominent. What is the word that I'm looking for? That it applies to our life so much. We need to to know that story because we are living it. We are Gomer in every sense of the word. And uh, once we finally come out of that cycle, he will be our husband and and we will be his wife and and in that commitment and he has to fight our battles i did watch that amazing love because you recommended it and this redeeming love came out and i didn't know that it was the retelling of hosea oh yeah it wasn't until my son had downloaded it for me and um on plex and then the description said the retelling of hosea and i was like oh yeah because <laughs> they don't use that name you know his name's uh -huh. Michael Hosea but they don't use the name Gomer they use the name Angel and that's just a pseudonym that she's been given oh uh -huh. so it's not even her real name but it, it was beautiful it was mm -hmm. beautiful yeah interesting so, yeah anyway what was the name of the second one you said redeeming love no no uh the second one that Cameron amazing. said amazing oh yeah 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 oh the shack yeah, the shack. It's the one with Tim McGraw. <laughs> oh my gosh, the shack. Okay, so I mean, don't get me wrong. There are a couple of false doctrines in it, like like Heavenly Father or Jesus Christ, whatever, is a black woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, there's so much good symbolism that it's such a good show, and it's such a good book too. Like that one. I I don't do a lot of fiction, but that's one of my fictions that I go and reread all the time. But um, it's just kind of like, because in the shack, God morphs into whatever that person needs for their journey. Sometimes he needs a, <laughs> a strong, sassy black woman. And sometimes you need the, uh, the Indian spiritual sage, like uh, that. Anyway, that <laughs> he meets you where you are, right? Yeah, he meets you where you are, what you need, mm -hmm. and is the God that you need. And um, anyway, it 
oh my gosh, The Shack and Amazing Love are like my two shows. The, <laughs> the desert island question, you know, if you have to be stranded. Yeah, I'm taking those two. <laughs> and I don't really do movies anymore, but those two, I just can't give up. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah, we don't do movies either, but this one was really, I'm glad we went and saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. They kind of got us off topic again. Like no. I <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I helped you and run with it. Um. <laughs> okay, so I think it was conference and there was a talk about life is not a vending, Heavenly Father is not a vending machine. You don't just say this is what I need and, and whatever. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I forget who said it, but like that <laughs> came back to me because at first I was like, huh, that's kind of paradoxical because like we've had some talks almost the exact opposite of like study what kind of blessings you want and then live the laws that, uh, that give you those blessings. Let's go to scriptures. I, the Lord, am bound when you, when you do what I say, but when you do not what I say, you have no promise. Yeah. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. This is the paradox. And how do I reconcile this? I was like, I don't know if I like this talk because <laughs> I like that scripture better. And you're right. We've been told study what blessings you want, keep those commandments and mm -hmm. then qualify for those blessings. And can we just talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, let's try to find that talk really quick. Let me do a search. Yeah. I don't even know how to find it, but yeah, I think it was a vending machine. Wasn't it? That uh-huh. Yeah. It was something like God's not a vending machine. Something's not a vending machine. You just don't get the blessings that you're looking for. It wasn't that you're looking for, but like you pick what blessings you want, which is exactly what was that DNC 8110, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't know if I like this talk because I like <laughs> the sure better. Her relationship with God, D. Todd Christopherson. Christopherson, okay. What, um, let's see, let's see, let's see where it is. All right, so like footnote eight. So we ought not to think of God's plan as a cosmic vending machine where we select a desired blessing, insert the required sum of good works, and order, and the order is promptly delivered. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so it was kind of an, an interesting thing. And I haven't, you know, like went back and like poured through the talk and stuff. But, you know, I found every time that, that the Lord gives me a paradox that there's something to learn. And so it's like, okay, so how do I reconcile that previous thought with, with this thought? And, and where do the, the two kind of meet and stuff? So just kind of following uh, after that, that quote that he gives there. So God will indeed honor his covenants and promises to each of us. We need not worry about that. The atoning power of Jesus Christ, who descended below all things and ascended on high and who possesses all power in heaven and in earth, assure, ensures that God can and will fulfill his promises. Um, well, did you read footnote eight, though? Uh -uh, let's do that. That's kind of interesting, too. And so like there's a whole explanation and then the, the two scriptures there. So King Benjamin taught that all God requires of us is to keep his commandments for which if you do, he doth immediately bless you. This does not mean, however, that all blessings come quickly. Oh, I can kind of see that 
that meaning there because like the vending machine thing, um, number three is that the order is promptly delivered. And so um, God's blessings are immediate in the sense that his commandments carry their own reward. It also means that obedience to his commandments brings the blessings of living in his presence by having his Holy Spirit with us. Like I get that, but we've also been taught, find out what you need and then mm-hmm. find out what commandments are um, connected to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I wonder if he's saying yes on those two things, but don't expect immediate gratification out of it almost um, like that, that that's a pitfall to the, the previous council of, you know, find the laws, obey the laws and reap the blessings, but that maybe there's a danger in um, not getting the immediate gratification and then falling away from, from testimony because, oh, well, I was supposed to get, you know, my, <laughs> my vending machine thing right away. You know, it's supposed to fall through the door and uh, windows of heaven kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say we're on God's timing, uh, you know, because there's lessons to be learned on, you know, and, and so that instant, I think that's probably what this is about that don't expect instant stuff. Cause we've got to go on this journey and learn something before. But talk about is- that in our, Ward Council uh, this talk last Sunday. And it was interesting here in Utah, a lot of people are falling away from the church because of the vending machine mentality, especially the younger generation. Mm. They expect to be able to get instant gratification because it's such a narcissistic instant society now, right? Mm -hmm. And so when they don't get that, they say, well, the church isn't true. And then they go away from the church. And I know so many people who have done that. And so there's another way to look at it also. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so this is kind of interesting. So go down to footnote 12. Mm -hmm. It is essential that we honor and obey his laws, but not every blessing predicated on obedience to law is shaped, designed, and timed according to our expectations. So to me, that's kind of going against I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say, right? What we've been taught with that scripture is that you find the commandment with the blessing you want. So that kind of seems contradictory. And then he footnotes Doctrine and Covenants 130. There is a law irrevocably decreed in heaven before the foundations of the world upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which it is predicated, which I'm kind of confused because it kind of seems to go against what he's saying Mm -hmm. that not every blessing is predicated on obedience to law. Well, um, or maybe his focus isn't on law, but is shaped design and timed according to our expectations. And yet he notes 12 with, with that little saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that, um, talking about what divine law is and what our expectations of the law are versus what the law actually is kind of a thing and uh, coming to coming to grips with uh sometimes um our expectations can be um 
a little misshapen. And so um, when it doesn't play out exactly how we were thinking, it, it's still God's law. And to trust in that law and the, our obedience in it, uh, whether the, the timing is, is different than we were expecting or whether the, uh, the order of events or, or whatever kind of thing. Anyway, it, yeah, it's a very interesting kind of paradox. And so like wrestling through it, I, I think is going to be so fun to, uh, you know, take a long time and, and deep dive over those, those words and principles there. And I'm sorry, was that Stefan that said that there's a vending machine mentality here in Utah? Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of interesting, you know, because I have never lived in Utah. We lived in Idaho for six years, but we left in 2006. So I'm kind of out of all of that. But that's interesting that so many people in Utah feel that way. And it's the younger generation that's exiting. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting. I don't think any of us are in the 30 age group, but my friend that I'm staying at her house said that there apparently is an email going out targeting that generation um, about garments and how do you want them to change? Because so many are not wearing them or only wear them to church or and they want to know. And so that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did receive like a, a questionnaire from the church. Oh, yeah, you are in your 30s. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but mine might have a little bit been a little bit different. But um, and it was asking, um, what was it? It was a couple of months ago saying which fabrics do you like the most and you know are the the fits in all of the different areas of the body too tight or too loose or, or all that kind of stuff and then there was kind of one interesting question at the end but I it didn't really throw me off or anything I didn't think anything kind of weird about it but I could maybe see where where people were thinking oh maybe we if enough of us reply that we don't even like to, uh, to wear our garments or something, but, um, my friend that I'm with, she rides her bike a lot. And she's like, I want a tank top garment top. <laughs> Cause she goes, it gets weight. Like she, when she rides her bike, I'm talking like 30 to 50 miles or more. Mm -hmm. So she's like, it just gets so hot that I can't even wear my garments when, you know, she can't even wear them when she goes riding, but she would like to, you know, I don't know. I thought yeah. that was funny. And she's my age. <laughs> I doubt that would ever happen, but it would really be nice because like when I used to go to the gym, I would wear my garments and one of the coaches <laughs> kind of got after me about not wearing them. Like nobody else wears them. And that lady's wife, her husband is a bishop and she doesn't wear her garments. She shouldn't. And I was like, I was like, that's really awkward. And why does it matter? Yeah. Yeah, why but, does it matter? <laughs> why does it matter what I'm wearing under my leggings? Like, but it would be really convenient if they wore something that you could wear that didn't look so obvious. Because I I like to wear them all the time. I don't really have another preference. But I don't see any of that happening. But anyway, oh, if remember. it can get the kids to wear them, I guess. Remember when they used to be just simply one piece and long. No, I don't remember that actually. Well, let me tell you what, you've come a long way, baby. I, I remember my parents wearing the one piece. Yeah, oh my I goodness. 
That was so funny because like today uh, we were at Deseret Book and uh, looking at, at garments or whatever. And um, anyway, I mean, they're just out of a lot of things like in stock, right? And so I was jumping online, looking at different ones and some of like my favorite fabrics, only the one piece was available. I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, let me just try it. No, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> you don't want my father-in-law still, I think my father-in-law still wears one piece. Yeah. I, there's yeah, a, so a bunch on there and they're available. So, you know, <laughs> during the winter time, they're great, right? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, husband, my husband went through the temple the week before two piece came out oh really <laughs> and he tells the funniest story because he looked at him and he's like how do i get in this so he opened up the back end put his legs in and then was trying to go up the top. <laughs> oh, my uncle did the same uh. thing <laughs> like, yeah, this, this isn't not, not what I was expecting. <laughs> they have to crawl into your underwear, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, he didn't open any of the other ones when he heard the one piece. They were doing away at the one piece. Or <laughs> two piece was My, a great invention. Yeah, two piece was where it was at for him. <laughs> So Somewhere good. along the line, my brother, my brother missed the memo that you wear your garments all the time. He got from the gar the temple and took his garments off. And my mom, what are you doing? He goes, well, aren't they just for the temple? Like you missed it somewhere along the line. Yeah. He got anyway. Well, like my girlfriend that I'm staying with, she taught um, at BYU ancient Hebrew, but she was saying because she's the one that told me about the letter that back in the day when they first started wearing garments and they were long, she said. They only wore them when they went to the temple. That was how really? they first. Yeah. And I had never heard that. So I haven't heard that either. So my yeah. brother wasn't too far off. huh? Yeah. Maybe he wasn't. <laughs> I know it's a real problem that the younger kids are not wearing them. They don't wear, they yeah. only wear them when they yeah. want to wear them. I mean, there's a lot of girls in our ward that's like, oh, you just took a day off or, and not to yeah. be judgmental, but it's just yeah. like, wow. So like, yeah not a big deal to them mm -hmm. and then every picture on social media they're not wearing them mm -hmm. they're not wearing anything into that mm -hmm. so it's just interesting i don't think they feel the commitment yeah so maybe they're trying to figure out how to i don't know i guess things do change like stefan said you know mm -hmm. it's a different generation we live in trust me mm -hmm. yep. it is all I can yep. say is that when the long, long garments were out, the, the, the saying was that you were protected more. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I mean that really seriously from burns or anything else, right? That's oh. true, yeah. So, you know, um, there's, the, the less the garment, the less the protection almost, in a sense. I, li I like wearing them. I don't like not wearing them. So me it's too. funny to me that. Mm -hmm. Me too. Well, we should submit to the, I mean, for a general conference next time. I, they'll, <laughs> somebody, they'll send Oaks out, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a new packer, yeah. you know. He's the new elder packer. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. So just a random question of like, who was your favorite non-apostle speaker out of this conference 
Um, I mean, we have lots of uh, different ones to, to choose from and stuff, but it was interesting, all of the, the different groups, which ones uh, really resonated with them. There were some common ones, some different ones, but anyway, which ones uh, were kind of favorites for, for you guys? I have to go back to Raina. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I liked Elder Karen's talk. I thought that was, I mean, he got very specific on things the church has never gotten specific on. Mm -hmm. Besides yeah. the bantering with Elder Holland, that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. For sure. A common one that uh, both A and B were, um, uh, that they loved was from the Sunday afternoon Jorg uh, Klebenjak or Klebengat, I don't know how to say his name, but anyway, <laughs> that one. But I mean, um, anyway, I was going back through that one this week and holy cow, that one's a, an amazing one. Uh, Valiant Discipleship in the la Latter Days. Um, I yeah. thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when they both mentioned that, that's why I thought, well, I missed something. Yeah, I missed something, I, so I went back and watched I it. I missed it again. And yeah, there's a lot in there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But. I, I feel really guilty because I fell asleep through a lot of those, and I woke up and went, what did I miss? You know, that's so something sweet. for me, like, I, I don't so fall asleep but but this conference, there was a lot of times when it was just I was just carried <laughs> away in the spirit. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I felt so bad. I wanted to hear it, and I was like, yeah. I probably was asleep a whole hour. Yeah. Well, I missed all those good talks, so I can't help very much. The conference went really fast for you, didn't it, Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> I usually get after my husband and my kids. Wake up! You're supposed to be listening, and here yeah. I am, just just dozing away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really loved Uchtdorf's talk uh, there right at the end and, and how it plays into President Nelson's Now is the Time. Uh, you know, and it's kind of fun, like going through just all of like what they titled their talks, you know, like while you're listening to them, you don't necessarily know you're trying to kind of figure it out and stuff. But then, you know, uh, President Nelson's Now is the Time in uh, Uchtdorf's our heartfelt all. Um, anyway, they're just great little companion talks to, to tidy up conference and stuff. But, but I love that little underneath the title. If we want the Savior to lift us heavenward, then our commitment to Him and His gospel can't be casual or occasional. Mm -hmm. Which kind of goes along with what we were just talking about with garments, right? Yeah. And look at his footnotes. I mean, there, yeah, there's some scripture references, but a lot of his are just like, additional talks <laughs> like there's there's a lot more paragraphs in those footnotes to to pour over which is another interesting thing from president nelson you know yes he only gave three talks but have we looked at his footnotes holy cow like we haven't had super extensive ones like this for for a little while and so uh, it's interesting kind of popping back i remember uh, as soon as the the footnotes came out or whatever i'm like oh president nelson's back <laughs> he's, he's given sermons in the footnotes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Let's see, I'm just pouring over different ones. Ah, there are just so many things. And, you know, <laughs> what we found with group A and B, it's like, it's kind of hard to like discuss because, you know, a lot of us haven't had time to like go back and pour through the talks. And so it's kind of hard to just, 
what was your favorite when <laughs> you know it, it kind of comes at you at a fire hose and then it takes time to, to process and, and work through everything but I, I gong and cook I mean there's so many great talks here but yes like the the peacemaker thing uh, at the beginning of uh, class we kind of talked about um what were some of the themes that you've seen going through conference? Um, missionary like work. Missionary work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so if you were to take the snapshot of conference and everything that was talked about, what would you predict for the next six months? What are going to be the, the challenges of the world? What are going to be the challenges of the church? Um, you know, if you want to get personal and talk about your family too, but like, what do you see that these talks are preparing us for um, as far as timing goes, as far as challenges and uh, everything that, you know, as we are, you know, trying to seek signs of the times and uh, all of that. Um, anyway, just kind of, what are your thoughts on? Well, I would like to share the prophet's last talk about getting along and however, what did he say? Mending fences or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then how did he say that? Um, fixing your relationships with family or whatever. We've had so many major issues. We don't ever fight in my family. And we've had major, major issues. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> and it was really great, though. Because I'm glad I was awake for that part. But like the Holy Ghost just told me exactly what to do and how to fix it and what to say and and everything's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I took accountability for my part and explained my part and everyone else did and like it turned out beautifully. And after I heard the talk, I was just sitting there thinking, how do I fix this? Tell me how to fix it. And and he will help us if we're humble enough and ask. And I mean, I still, I'm sure we still have rough days ahead, but it's at least a lot better than it was. And it's because it's been really hard on me, um, not getting along and having people judging me and feeling like I wasn't doing my part. And yeah. then just to be, you know, and the Holy Ghost really just told me exactly what to say. And it, it, I was hoping that my couple sisters would respond really quickly. The ones that kind of saw my side and they, and they apologized and, and everybody just, I just sent out a group text to my whole family and just was like, I'm sorry. I did it right after the conference. Cause I knew they would all be watching. I was just took accountability said, I was so sorry if I had broken any issues with the relationships and how much they meant to me. And yeah, and it went really good. But you know, without that talk, I don't think I would have known to do that. I wouldn't, I never even occurred to me to do that. So mm -hmm. I'm really thankful that I listened and then I was humble enough to, I was awake. Yeah. <laughs> and I was humble enough to, to take, you know, have courage enough because it could have backfired on me easy. It easily could have backfired on me. But I just was like, well, I have to, the Holy Ghost is telling me to do it. I have to do it. So just push send. <laughs> <laughs> That's some of the hardest part. It's so hard. So, you know, you remind me, uh, Kathy, of a book that my 
uh, university or division has told us that we have to read. And I don't think I've shared this, but it's called Leadership and Self-Deception, right? And it's done by the Arbinger Institute. I love that book. I read that book. And it's awesome. It's all about what yeah. you just said, right? Being in the it box is. or out of the box, right? Yep. Yep, it do you, is. Do you look at people as individuals, as people, children of God? Or do you look at them as a means to get something and as an object? So, yeah, I it has really struck home with me, you know, because I always find myself questioning myself now. Okay, am I being nice? But more important, am I being nice for the right reason? Mm -hmm. Right, right. And if it's a, even just out of obedience, I think that's a good enough reason. I mean, you know, the, I definitely felt like I was not treated nicely, but you know what? It's okay to just say, I'm sorry. And this is, I agree. I did this and this wrong and not even expect an apology. Just do it out of obedience to the prophet. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just... But it takes humility. It was hard because. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but that that releases you, though. It totally did. I felt so much like realistic pride, like a like a just a peaceful, not pride, but just peaceful. Yeah. Better than I felt in months. So, I was really glad that he gave that talk, and he was firm. Like, if you you need to mend things, how I don't know how he said it, but how you need to mend things now, and I mean. It was very, very strong, didn't you guys think? Yeah, he said, bury, um, you know, any and yeah. all inclinations to hurt others. Yes. And so. he just said, get rid of it. Yeah. What a, then, what a blessing it is. Had I fallen asleep and not woke up for that part, I would still be carrying that, that burden around. And just listening to conference is a blessing and I'm just so thankful that we have the, that every two twice a year and that we take the time to actually really listen even though I did sleep a lot but anyway I'm really thankful for that and that's one of the things that I really you know having been a convert I don't know I think I may have missed one session once in the 30 years, 40 years that I've been a member, right? Um, but I find that people are getting more and more lax about conference, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when conference comes around for me, it's like, oh my goodness, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like going to education week or, or going to conference or, you know, just one of those spiritual highs. And I think our new generation, for some reason, is unfortunately missing that boat. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it's the people that are awake are really listening, and the people asleep are just completely, you know, doing other yeah, things. Like polarizing. But I used to, yeah, I used to work all the time on Saturday conference, and I would just think, oh, well, look at it in the enzyme. But now it's like I book out the day and I sit my butt on the couch and <laughs> I listen to every talk because I'm, you know, because I'm awake. And I think really, Stefan, that's what it is. If people that are awake are listening, but most people, like you said, are just like, oh, it's just conference. They're not even, you know, it, it's just another conference. It's just like when you have state conference, right? The best meetings aren't Sunday. 
after Saturday night. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to get better at that one. <laughs> Saturday night things a little hard for me. <laughs> I'm just speaking from experience. That's when you feel like you really are connecting soul to soul with that general authority who's come to speak. Yeah, I didn't used to when I was growing up, but like, oh man, I live for those those Saturday evening uh, state conferences. That some of the best things that that helped me have come from those. Oh, I grew up too, but my husband doesn't like to do that, so I've, I've kind of fallen in his way, but. You know, we're making progress. <laughs> yeah. I felt like there was a lot about preparing maybe for religious persecution. Mm -hmm. And there was a talk given, was it Elder Rasband about a religious freedom? But I felt yeah. like there was a lot, like have your feet firmly planted on the gospel. Have you, you know, have your eyes on the savior. I felt like that too, Alicia. I felt, I felt that like the, like the Holy ghost was telling me that like, you got to get ready. Yeah. And so how important and how relevant are, is the timing of the restoration proclamation in preparation for that? Right. Uh, that was like one of our most requested ones out of the, the vote to go back and study that. Like, I think it's going to be huge. It's going to be very much like the, the family proclamation. Well, duh. But then when it comes down to it, holy cow, we, we needed that restoration proclamation given to us so that we could memorize it and internalize it and mm -hmm. get it for the persecution that's ahead. Yeah, I, and I was pondering about it and I thought, and I think even somebody, did someone talk about like, we don't know what hard times are? Or maybe that was me talking with someone else, but I remember it took me off thinking, somebody had once said, I heard a saying about, soft weather makes soft people hard weather makes you know oh, yeah. people and it made me think about that when we were talking but i i think we're really really soft um i remember growing up i felt poor um and my dad would always say you have food you have a house you know i was the oldest and i always wore hand-me-downs you know yeah and so anyway and I didn't really know what he was talking about. And then we moved to Mexico city and then to Panama. And, um, I was grateful for that. Cause when I remember one particular night, I brought some of the kids home early with me and there were two that needed to come home a little later because of school, it was Christmas time. And I remember landing in Idaho falls and we rented the car and the two little ones were asleep in the back seat. And our third son was in the front with me and he goes, I'm really glad we moved overseas. It was just out of the blue. And I said, why? And he goes, I've learned how blessed we are. And, you know, I thought back to little Alethea feeling like I was, you know, poor and understanding what my dad was trying to tell me. And we don't know what hard is. We have been in a very prosperous time since the depression there's been hard times, you know, in the seventies with the gas and everything, but are we going to see that again? And then is there going to be religious persecution besides, I just, I really think that we're going to have a lot of religious persecution because that's why we had the um, testimony of the savior come out by the 
first presidency and 12 apostles mm -hmm. after the proclamation on the family. I think all of those things were in preparation for persecutions that we're going to have. Yeah. Or, or doubts like the proclamation on the family doubts to help us because the world is so different, which is quickly turning into persecution. I mean, even the proclamation on the family, that was the first one, right? Didn't the testimony of the savior come out after? Yes. That's the first one. And are all those persecutions going to be based on the proclamation on the family? You know, not not wanting to let our children change genders at a young age and we fight about it. And then it's going to be coming after us because of our testimony on Christ. And then because of the restoration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And like how you said, like uh, that uh, moving away kind of experience, like, because I, I didn't get that until I was on my mission and stuff. And so that kind of tied back to the, the missionary push here, you know, like how many times do our mission stretch us and, and help us see a different perspective to, to see how blessed we are and what we can actually do to help the world, you know, like, like Zion's camp, all of the times that we're having to go through, you know, little really hard journeys they, they help us get a proper perspective of God's plan and what, how he's actually blessing us and uh, kind of getting out of that, that myopicness that we might uh, have as we're kind of growing up in the church. And so, you know, a, a big push for missionaries, get out there, experience the world, see how bad it is, and then uh, come back to, uh, to your own life and see how much I am blessing you in, in everything. That was one of the hardest things we did was make that decision to move overseas and leave everything behind, including our food storage. That was really hard, but that was one of the reasons we made the decision was we wanted our kids to see, to see how blessed we were and appreciate the United States more. Yeah, I, uh, I totally agree with you, Alethea. I've lived like 12 years outside the U.S. in Russia, Middle East, Germany, Austria. Uh, you know, um, I, I really, I think you're so, so, so right. When you come back to the U.S., you mm -hmm. want to get down on your knees and kiss the ground almost. Um, so I, um, I'm, I sent an email out to uh, Matt Rasban. He is um, Elder Rasban's brother. So, and, and I know him just from business, right, from, from my work. And uh after I heard his talk, it's like, okay, I'm so going to hit up his brother and find out what's really going on. <laughs> right. Um, and then I wanted to share yesterday, I was doing some temple um, endowments, I mean, uh, initiatories. Mm -hmm. And we've talked in the past about hearing him, right? Mm -hmm. Listen to that. And it just struck me like a boltony, light of boltony, you know, uh, a bolt of lightning of uh, when they actually said those words to hear him in the, in, in the initiatory. And I thought, oh my goodness, how have I missed this all these years? <laughs> right, yeah. You know, I mean, and it's like at the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's like, oh my goodness. I mean, every time we go there and we get blessed, I mean, we're blessed if we keep the covenants we make there to be able to hear him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I mean, the initiatory really packs some powerful blessings in there. And sometimes it's just 
I don't know, it's so repetitious or it goes so fast or whatever, but, um, you know, uh, <laughs> when some of those things started dawning on me over time, it's, it's so interesting. Um, powerful, powerful blessings that are given. So I just, I just want to bear testimony that, um, I've had some interesting experiences happen lately. And, um, as I, in the form of struggles and challenges, and I cannot tell you how many times I begin to speak and I'm like, wow, that was amazing. And I know it wasn't me. Even just now, when I was talking to my husband, he was telling me a trial he was going through and these words came out of my mouth. You know, when I, I just said, um, you can't pick up the coin without having both sides, you know, the good and the good and the bad, the difficult and the, and the joyous, but in order to have the joyous, you have to have, you know, the difficult. And, and I just, all I said to him was, you can't pick up the coin without having both sides. And he said, that's interesting because that's what I've been reading in my book. And how did I know? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And I was like, every time words come out, I, it's, it's not necessarily that I hear him, mm-hmm. but the words are just there. And it has been a really powerful experience and a really cool experience to have that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys have had that too, but it has been so prolific in the last four months, just mm-hmm. incredibly prolific that it's kind of cool. Yeah. Seeing kind of the, the fruits of the Mm-hmm. the invitation and the uh, the effort put in to hear him you know and, and recognizing when uh that ability that gift is being used and, and stuff is is so fun thank you um it looks like we're losing oh did we lose everyone yeah everybody's just kind of picking off i guess yeah, <laughs> I, I just, yeah late night <laughs> Um, anything else from, from conference? Um, just kind of, I mean, we've, we've kind of done a great little shotgun approach to, to everything next week. We'll, uh, dive into, you know, president Nelson's talks and, and really pour over all of those and the footnotes and everything, but yeah, it's just going to be so fun the next six months to really uh, study these out and, mm-hmm wrestle with all the paradoxes and, and learn all of these things as they prepare us. Yeah, huh. I'm excited to study more. Yeah, let me bring up the schedule for us. Um, so hopefully everybody has seen this with the, the revamp schedule. Uh, next week, we're going to do President Nelson's three talks. And then after that, then we're going to pick up kind of where we left off and do April 2021 and October 2021. And then um, all of the groups for two weeks are going to be studying the same thing. Uh, first will be the Enzyme article, uh, The Future of the Church, Preparing the World for the Savior's Second Coming, and then the Restoration Proclamation. And then the next three weeks, finishing out our, our studies of President Nelson, um, we're going to kind of have topic-based weeks where uh, week 13 we're all going to be talking about the youth talks uh 14 the women's talks and 15 is kind of the comparisons so for 
Week 15, Group C is going to look at all of his video addresses. So like the hear him, the gratitude, the Easter, the things that weren't in conference, but like special little video things um, that came out. But anyway, Are you going to send us links to those? Because we won't. Uh -huh, yeah. So okay. as we get closer and stuff, I'll, I'll send those out. They're all in the book of Nelson um, as you uh, look through the, the chapters. Okay. But, okay, um, but yeah, I'll definitely send out the, the links as we get closer to um, uh, on this whole schedule. I'll be sending out uh, reminders and, and things so that we're all on the same page. But anyway, it, it's fun that <laughs> I had so many requests lately, like, Oh, we're, we're just doing this too fast. Like we're, we're going to be done with President Nelson before we know it. And so uh, it's kind of fun to kind of extend it on and uh, study more of his words. Um, and then just kind of a reminder of, of things coming up. Uh, we're going to have that, that virtual uh, Passover Seder dinner on, on Friday uh, night at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, if anybody wants to. We'll also record it so you can catch it later if you miss it. Um, we're going to do our Four Ordinations book club this Saturday at 10.30 a.m., and it's going to be discussing Chapter 17. Um, and then the next week, I think that's basically all the announcements. <laughs> anyway. Cameron, I've been out of town, but when I get home, I'm going home tomorrow night, then I'll start doing more recordings for you. Uh -huh. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I'm excited it's been fun uh, listening to those oh my word <laughs> but both me and my mom are like why did i even start recording these we should have leave you from the beginning you have such an awesome like audio recording voice it's, it's fun well except for that one sunday when i kept falling asleep and i <laughs> i'd wake up and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> oh whoops hope there wasn't too long of a pause in that one <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's been fun. We will uh, catch everyone next week for, for President Nelson's talks, unless we see you ahead of time. <laughs> anyway. Thanks, yeah. Cameron. Bye. Y'all later. Bye. Bye. Good night. Good night.